Monday, August 28th, and you can feel it coming. We're getting closer and closer to... Feels like it's right around the corner. I mean, it really does. And in a lot of ways, it is. But boy, we got some some cleaning up to do before we actually get there. Welcome. It is wonderful to have you back here on the Damon Bruce Show. On Damon Bruce Plus, we are getting closer and closer to football season. You can feel it. And look, we saw what happened on Friday. There was a preseason game, and it feels like it hardly even matters the result because the news on Friday is what everyone is still talking about. The fact that Trey Lance is going to spend this season in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. And he will never wear a 49ers uniform ever again. Unbelievable turn of events. It really, really is. And look, Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance, doesn't matter that they're no longer walking the same path hand in hand together. These two are linked together forever. And there is no separating one from the other, even though their paths are now separate from each other. The... Choice is always going to be evaluated, and what Trey Lance becomes is always going to be scored against Kyle Shanahan's decision to draft him in the first place. Look, if Kyle wins three Super Bowls, okay, so not just one, not just two, but let's say he actually wins three Super Bowls, maybe the Trey Lance trade will be at the beginning of the second paragraph of his obituary. But without the three Super Bowls, the Trey Lance trade is so bad, and there's just no reason to pretend it's not. The situation that brought the Niners to Trey Lance, the decision, the value, um, it, it, Kyle, there's no way to escape this. And, and this is the kind of thing, like, yes, he wins three Super Bowls. That's what they'll talk about. Uh, without those three Super Bowls, without two, without one, they're going to be talking about the Trey Lance mistake associated to Kyle forever. And really, I mean, Kyle has made what is today kind of easy to evaluate as what? The least valuable draft pick in NFL history. And I don't think that that's talking out of turn. I don't think that that's being mean or cruel about it. And you can't call it the worst draft pick in football history, because we still don't know what Trey Lance is going to become. You know, we know whatever he becomes, he won't become it for the 49ers. And that means the value will never be attached to the 49ers. And look, maybe the real value of Trey Lance is getting out of a bad decision before you double down and sink yourself into it even more. And that's the only like uh, benefit of the doubt that you can give Kyle Shanahan on this now. Um, it's the least valuable draft pick in NFL history. The value that was spent to acquire the pick in the first place, all of those picks turned out to be a quarterback for someone else's team now, and you get back a fourth-round pick. I mean, if if Kyle weren't also the coach with some NFC title games underneath his belt, I mean, it's a fireable offense. Let's not mince words. What happened with Trey Lance, the decision to spend all of that capital to get a player that is amounted to nothing. I mean, Trey Lance appeared in eight games. He started four. He threw 102 total passes in a 49ers uniform. That's nothing. What happens next is going to be fascinating. 
like I said, either way, it's attached to Kyle Shanahan. And either way, it's not going to be good. But the degrees of awful that Kyle has coming to him, at best, you'll be able to say... Kyle made a gargantuan swing and a miss, a huge mistake, but at least he got out of that mistake. That's the best you'll be able to attach to Kyle Shanahan. Let's say, you know, career starts in a Cowboys uniform for Trey Lance. What if I set the over under it at eight? I mean, is this guy going to be an NFL player? Is this guy going to be an NFL quarterback? If he is an NFL player, an NFL quarterback, somebody who actually starts not just eight games, but more than that, not just one or two seasons. But if this guy turns into like an actual functioning, starting, real NFL quarterback one day ever, it's going to look even worse for Kyle than it does now. I mean, if he really turns into a player of circumstance, oh my God, not only will everyone say, well, not only did Kyle spend way too much for a player he evaluated improperly, but right when he might've actually gotten something out of him, he gave up on him. That's going to be bad. There's no way to pretend that that's going to be good. In the rawest of terms. I mean, when you say this out loud, you're going to want to throw up in your mouth a little bit. In the rawest of terms, the 49ers sent a 2021 first-round pick, a 2022 first- and third-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a fourth-round pick from the Dallas Cowboys for a quarterback that they never even really got to know. Ugh, that's just awful. There's no way to pretend that this isn't officially scored as awful. It's bad. It's bad, and it hurts. And we'll get to the Kyle Shanahan press conference from Friday night in just a little bit and some of the things that he said and some real emotions that I thought were conveyed. And and the whole thing just dripped in regret. You know, regret that he couldn't do better for the player, do better for his own team, do better in terms of the trade of it all. Like, there's there's an awful lot of hand-wringing going on between all sorts of fans who just want to point and laugh and say, this confirms my suspicions or this, you know, uh, I told you Kyle's not very good at this. And you have to ignore an awful lot of stuff to come up with the fact that Kyle's not very good at this, but just just one singular in the vacuum of this decision. Yeah, it's a fireable offense. Like, that's how bad it was. But no one is judged on one decision. But this could be one of those. If you wanted to judge on just one decision, this would, it would not, the judgment would not go well for Kyle. We can just all say that. Uh, what is going well is our fantastic loyalty of our audience here on the plus and how great they are to my sponsors. We want to, as always, let you know we thank you for giving your sandwich business to our good friend Ike. Delicious sandwiches are ready for you uh, daily at Ike's. You go get yourself one. You'll be awfully happy that you did his premium specialty sandwiches. You're going to want to download, download that app and sign up for the rewards program. My man Ike, sir 
serves up delicious sandwiches. You know that. You've had one. Go have another at Ike's. Trust me, you're going to want to do it. Uh, our friends at Uncle Boy's are offering a wonderful cheeseburger. You go get it next time you're in the inner Richmond. Try the lumpia. Try the onion rings. Uncle Boy's, hopefully their buyout burger Sunday to help them recover from a break-in recently went really well for them. We love Uncle Boy's. Go get yourself a burger at Uncle Boy's. You wash all of this down for your nightcap with our friends at Blackened Whiskey. Phenomenal whiskey and an incredibly approachable price point for the quality that you get coming out of that bottle. It is delicious. It works in cocktails. Neat, straight up on the rocks. However you are sipping your whiskey, sip a little Blackened. You'll be very happy that you did. Uh, we had our newest sponsor, Bottom Line Bets. Come aboard on Friday night. Bottom Line Bets is a handicapping service and is the uh, primary sponsor of all the post game that we're going to be doing around the 49ers year. Uh, daily, monthly, weekly uh, advertisements, or excuse me, daily, monthly, and weekly options are there for you in terms of the advice that you get from a Las Vegas insider. And I know that there have already been some questions saying, well, Damon, so... You're 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 offering some handicapping service and advice, but what if I live in in California, in Texas, in Florida, states that have yet to approve online gaming? Well, today I am very happy to announce to you that we have got that covered too. We are covering all the vices here: eating, burgers, sandwiches, whiskey, gambling and a place to actually make those bets. I'm very happy to announce that mybookie.ag is signing up here with Damon Bruce Plus. Use promo code DAMON. All new customers will get you 50% off a deposit to match up to $1,000, and you get a $10 casino chip. And because this is an offshore account, by the way, a trustworthy offshore account um, that you can do gambling in, it's not just sports betting, but they actually have an actual casino where you can play all your casino games as well. So it really is a very unique operation that I'd love for you to check out. And if you sign up, use promo code Damon. Again, all new customers, you get a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 and a $10 casino chip that you can go and start having fun with right away. Of course, gamble responsibly. That's what we're asking everyone to do. Never bet something that you aren't willing and able to lose. We're going to you know, suggest a little responsibility be exercised here. But man, not only have I got a place for you to Make those bets. I've got a tout service, a handicapper that is going to help you with those bets. And if things go wrong, a whole bunch of whiskey to help you all wash it all down. Again, it is gambling. Good luck, everybody. Uh, all bets are action. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. Again, if we can just get a, a deal with the Bunny Ranch, I mean, we will have served all the vices. Jillian's not on board with the deal for Bunny Ranch, especially if it's trade out. She's she's not having it. Um, 49ers official preseason summary. Where does this team stand as they get ready to enter the football season for real a couple Sundays from now? Again, closer and closer to. Maximum! 
How angry do you want to get at anything that happens in the preseason? The answer is you shouldn't get very angry because we haven't actually seen this team with its real teeth in there. We don't know what the 49ers are going to do when they're playing their starters across the board. Actually, well, here's the thing. We assume we know what the 49ers are going to do, and they're going to look a lot better than they looked in any of these preseason games where they didn't give their 49 their starters many snaps. Um and, and, and you shouldn't because it's all disposable. Again, nothing, no amount of data collected in the preseason matters at all. The minute they flip that coin to figure out who's kicking off and who's receiving in Pittsburgh on September 10th. Um, what I don't like, though, there are some certain football truths that are always kind of in play. Uh, I thought through all three of their preseason games, the 49ers looked very weak up the middle defensively. They got gashed in the run game in between the tackles. And that is something that you would expect to stop happening once the starters get in there. But even with backups in there playing against other backups, mind you, you just don't want to get beat at the line of scrimmage. I thought the 49ers defense got beat at the line of scrimmage a little bit too much for my personal liking uh, as the preseason and went along the zone read as i said on friday night it continues to absolutely baffle the san francisco 49ers they get okie doked by the zone read like they're a high school football team they really do uh special teams has been a freaking adventure so far from the steady eddie performance of mitch wisnowski which has not been steady as a punter to all the problems that you have in the kick return punt return game to now two injured kickers you don't even know what you're doing are they going to call robbie gold i mean it is kind of a Yes, special teams has not been smoothed out in the Shanahan era by any stretch of the imagination. That quarterback room, still a little bit of a wing and a prayer, a lot of hope, more than actual knowledge is being applied, but it's, you know, knowledge that, or or, or hope, I should say, that you, you hope is well-placed. You know, Brock Purdy continues. To, how about this? If Brock Purdy is better his sophomore year than he was his freshman year in the NFL, the 49ers, you'd be penciling them in for 10, 11 wins. If there is a regression, well, then we're going to have an awful lot to talk about, aren't we? Um, this player on this team still isn't in the room. Nick Bosa, tick-tock, tick-tock, and here's what I'm going to do. Here is the benefit of the doubt I'm willing to extend to the 49ers, and then this is it. You have two days of cuts, and this is this is a tough time to be in an NFL building. you got a lot of guys who really hoped that everything they did in training camp, in the preseason, in the offseason would pay out with a roster spot. You're going to have a lot of disappointed people walking around or walking out of football facilities, getting into their cars and going back to trying to figure it all out as a professional athlete. These are brutal days in football. They really, truly are. And you should never laugh at anyone getting cut. I mean, that is just, it's brutal. It's brutal. This is a brutal, brutal sport. So you got 48 hours to deal with the brutality of cutdown day. And after that, you're going to know exactly what the number attached to how much it is you're spending on this team is. And before that number was even known for sure, Nick Bosa should have been here two, three weeks ago. Let's be completely honest. Nick Bosa has, to, I will give the 49ers until Wednesday. If he's not here until Wednesday, something is officially fucked up. Okay, I mean, there's no other way to say it. He needs to be here by Wednesday, for goodness sakes. What is going on? What is going on? The best player defensively in football all of last year. I've said this so many times, I don't even want to say it again. 
Biggest contract in the history of defensive football. Cherry on top of that. That's what you're paying Nick Bosa. What are we doing messing around looking for a coupon with this guy? I don't get it. That needs to be solved. It needs to be solved by Wednesday. If not by Wednesday, you want to go ahead and hit that panic meter? Fine with me. I don't, you know, I'm not here to incite riots. It's not the kind of broadcaster I am. But you can go ahead and start wondering what in God's freaking name is going on if they don't have Nick Bosa in here Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. I'm setting that as the last day we can pretend any of this is standard operating procedure, normal, acceptable. Wednesday's the day. It's got to happen. Good God, that gives you a handful of days to get them ready for Pittsburgh. So, where was I? I was talking a little bit about that Kyle Shanahan press conference, right? That Kyle Shanahan press conference on Friday night, there were some interesting moments in there. And there was, I think, some real moments of genuine disappointment that Kyle decided, you know, I'm going to offer this up because I want I want people to express, or at least I want people to get what I'm expressing. This one hurt Kyle. And it hurt him more than the sting that his own reputation has felt. Like, I, I, they clearly liked Trey Lance as a person. There's, there's no doubt about that. They like Trey. They wanted to do right by him. They certainly wanted to do right by him in their own building, but that wasn't available any longer. And so, you know, they, they move him to Dallas. By moving him to Dallas, along with disappointment, the Niners are also telling you, we don't think he's ever going to become anything. I mean, you can't give him up to your like one of your arch rivals, for goodness sakes, if you really think he's going to come back to bite you. Again, what Trey Lance becomes from here is going to be scored against Kyle permanently. These two might not be together, but they are going to be a couple forever. That's just the way it goes. These two are linked together. They had, the 49ers did, a huge swing and a miss on Trey Lance. And in many ways, it's time to be on to Cincinnati, or in this case, Pittsburgh. Um, Relitigating the entire trade is, look, it makes for compelling sports talk radio, and the content creators are having a field day with it. Um, it, It's interesting conversation. It's compelling. But it is just words. Now, I kept on getting asked by uh, someone on Friday night, Damon, what about but, but what about all those draft picks that you gave up? What about them? 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 I, I get it. It stings. It hurts. It sucks. It's over. It's over. You can't worry about it anymore. It's a sunk cost of doing business. You took a big bite off the apple and you choked on it. Doesn't mean you stop eating the apple. Mm. <sighs> Sip of the day right there. What sip of the day coming in at the uh, under 19 minute mark. So if you had over 19, you're in trouble. I don't think that's on the board at mybookie.ag, but maybe it will be eventually. Trey Lance, a Dallas Cowboy. Just saying it out loud, right? That hurts. (laughs) Uh, Diana Rossini, by the way, who is now a senior NFL reporter for The Athletic, says that the uh, over the weekend she reported that the Buffalo Bills and Baltimore Ravens were two teams that had conversation with the 49ers about a possible trade for Trey Lance. In the NFC, the Detroit Lions also showed some interest. Um, most of those early discussions involved a trade for a sixth rounder. 
So Jerry Jones coming in with a fourth round pick is, you know, it's a very Jerry Jones thing to do. I mean, everyone would tell you that Jerry Jones is one of the biggest problems that the Dallas Cowboys have and the decision that he makes as general manager. And for him to give up a fourth for a player who might not even be garnering a sixth from anywhere else is quite a choice for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, to have Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott entrenched in front of them is an interesting choice. I think the guy that they're actually going to cut to make room for Trey Lance on this roster just had a really good game against the Raiders, but au revoir, mon ami. It's a, it's a very Jerry Jones deal. Like Jerry just sees, I think, Trey Lance is a stock that bottomed out and he wants to get in again. Like, like Jerry doesn't have a lot of value coming out of his own draft picks, so he's seeking to capitalize off of value from someone else's choice. What quarterback has left Kyle Shanahan and gotten better? I think that's a legitimate question to ask. The answer is really no one. And we're going to see this now experiment being run on both sides of the of the spectrum of veteran presence, right? You have the almost no veteran presence of Trey Lance in Dallas, and you have the very veteran presence of Jimmy Garoppolo with the Raiders. Which one of these guys is going to flourish post-Kyle Shanahan will either it's be fascinating to watch like not only as a 49er fan do you get to pay attention to your own still influx fascinating quarterbacking conversation that Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are going to be excuse me but uh, uh, uh Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold are going to be having all year but now you got Trey Lance on Dallas to monitor you got Jimmy Garoppolo in Las Vegas to monitor I mean there's some good out of town scoreboard watching for 49ers fans and critics and reporters alike this is going to be fascinating it really is uh by the way the irony of all of the fun that was made by Raiders fans about Jimmy Garoppolo when he was the starting quarterback of the 49ers, only to see him then become the starting quarterback of the Raiders. There's some beautiful irony going on right there. I've also seen uh, Raiders fans saying like, hey, you know, this Trey Lance failure officially gets Jamarcus Russell as off the hook of worst pick. Okay, like I'm willing to have this conversation, but it depends on how you look at this because there, there's no doubt that Trey Lance was a horrible pick for the 49ers if they didn't even trade up to select him third overall. But the fact that they did trade up and gave up so much draft capital makes what is bad one of the all-time worsts for sure. Jamarcus Russell was a horrible draft pick with the number one overall of what was he, the 2007 NFL draft? And look, he appeared in 31 games. He started 25 of them for the Raiders. And the argument that Raiders fans are making is that Russell is now off the hook. And maybe he is. Maybe Jamarcus Russell is off the hook of worst draft pick of all time. But we don't know what Trey Lance becomes. Like the book is. In and out on Jaminkus. We know his entire career. Cesarup uh, is more attached to Jamarcus Russell than any level of football expectation. We know how it ends for Russell. We don't know how it ends for Lance. That's the only saving grace for Lance. We know that the Raiders didn't trade future first rounds to draft Jaminkus 
Shanahan did for Trey Lance, and that's always going to be bad. Maybe Jaminkus is off the hook, but I'm not sure the Raiders are. I'm not sure the Raiders are because, again, they gave a player that clearly couldn't play from almost day one 25 starts. The only saving grace that Kyle Shanahan might possibly ever be able to offer on Trey Lance is, yeah, I made a titanically bad investment, but at least I got out of it. The Raiders did not get out of it. I mean, the Raiders gave Jamarcus three seasons. They gave him 25 starts, right? Um, Shanahan at least cut bait with the player that he deemed is wrong. The Raiders never cut bait with the player that everyone saw was wrong until it was time to officially do it. And there's also this. You know, were, were the Raiders smart enough at the end there to try to trade Jamarcus? Maybe they can get something for him. There was no interest in Jamarcus Russell. He never played football in a single uniform but a Raiders uniform. At least Trey Lance is putting on a second uniform. There was some interest, and as Diana Rossini said, there were maybe three other teams that might have been interested until Jerry said, hey, I got a fourth for you. I'm imagining that the, the 49ers jumped on that like a fat kid jumps on a spare cookie. Shout out Fat Kids and Cookies, by the way. So the amount of evaluation, reevaluation, relitigation, it it's it's not over. <laughs> We're not done talking about Trey Lance uh in any stretch of the imagination here in the Bay Area. He will be monitored. He will be monitored closely. I don't know if he's gonna have a shot to play this year, next year, what it looks like for him. But that story's not over, which means his story will forever be linked to Kyle Shanahan. We all know that. Again, cut down day in the NFL. It's brutal. Um, it, every day starting on Wednesday is, my God, where is Nick Bosa day? We will have that for you. Uh, we, we saw, I saw Matt Barrows ask a great question. Um, who, who ends up being more wrong? The 2021 49ers who gave a King's ransom for Trey Lance or the 2023 49ers who gave up on Trey Lance? What does Trey Lance become? We won't know the answer to that very good question until Trey Lance decides to hang him up. The what ifs, the what ifs attached to Trey Lance are just extraordinary. Like what if the 49ers had just drafted another player? How much more complete would this team be somehow, some way? What if Lance hadn't hurt his finger in year one or broken his ankle in year two? Like, those are easy what-ifs. You don't even have to think about it to see those real quickly. What if Jimmy Garoppolo had worked his way off of the 49ers roster so he was never the safety net in his rookie season or the second season? What if that had happened? What if Brock Purdy had not been picked or had not clicked? Trey Lance is still on this team, is he not? Or were they that willing to give up on him? I guess we'll never really know. What if the 49ers weren't ready to win big right now and had allowed themselves some time and some room to really draft and develop Trey Lance? That, like, that would have been fascinating. But it's all over now. It's all over now, and... 
I just, I can't wait for football to start. I can't wait until we have actual results from starters and games that count to talk about. Not this endless pile of what do we want to deem necessary? You pick, you choose. Everyone's got a different way to interpret preseason statistics, results, etc. There's only one way to determine regular season statistics and results, and that is, hey, all this stuff really, really matters. The coffee's good today. That could have been. We already announced the sip of the day, but I do believe we've reached an even more proper temperature. But once we declare a sip of the day, it's like, you know, it's like an old umpire. Once you make that ruling before replay, it stands. And, you know, since I use the word umpire, I want to talk a little bit of baseball here today. Um, The Giants didn't get swept by Team X has basically been the high watermark of of the last three weeks of baseball. Congratulations, San Francisco. You didn't get swept at home by the Braves. You gutted out a Game 3 win. Um, But through what I deemed the most important 18-game, most telling 18-game stretch of the season, we're now 15 games through that, and the Giants are 5-10. and So that's not good news. As a matter of fact, the Giants have fallen behind Arizona and are now third in the National League West, along with being one and a half games behind Arizona for the National League's final wild card spot. So if the playoffs started today, the Giants aren't in it. That's the kind of month or two that they've just had. Massive regression to the mean all the way across the board. The good news Casey Schmidt homered for the first time in almost four months. There you go. That's good news. <laughs> the other piece of good news is we get a second look at Kyle Harrison, and we get it this Monday night as the Cincinnati Reds officially come into town. Those uh, the, the Cincinnati Reds, by the way, are four games over 500, just like the Giants are four games over 500. Second look at Kyle Harrison, his first start at home. So I'm sure, I hope that they get a good crowd in the park tonight. And there's no doubt, um, you know, even though the mixed reviews from his first start are that, look, he's got electric stuff and he's got an ERA over five. So you tell me, how good was that first start? This is one of those beauties in the eye of the beholder. There's no doubt he generated an awful lot of swings and misses. He is one of the hardest left-handed throwers that this team has ever had. And he's a strikeout artist. Um, But he also allowed five hits, striking out five, and has an ERA over five. To me, what I liked the least wasn't anything that he did, but how he was actually managed by the Giants. He was allowed to pitch just three and a third innings. He was held to 65 pitches. That's totally lame. It really is. That's lame. That's lame. You got your best prospect, pitching prospect in years up here, and you're giving him little league 12-year-old kid pitch counts? Like, I mean, I, I want to invite everyone involved in baseball to quit, quit just babying their pitchers so much. It's ridiculous. 65 pitches is a little league pitch count. I mean, it really is. As a matter of fact, that's not even a little league pitch count. You have little league coaches who will leave a kid out there for 120 pitches. That's not good. 
Don't want to do that, but that's ridiculous. 65 pitches from a guy who's been delicately handled the entire minor league season that brings him up to his major league debut in Philadelphia last week. So let's see what he looks like at home. I thought starting him on the road against Philadelphia in a band box of a ballpark was another just jinky, stupid way to allow him his first major league start. You start this guy at home. But no, Giants didn't do that. So here we are. Kyle Harrison. Turn two. Electric Boogaloo. Before we get into Club Plus, a um, couple of other things that uh, have happened. This happened last week. We didn't really have a chance to talk about it at all. We were... You know, deeply involved in all things Niners. Um, Steve Kerr's son, Nicholas Kerr, is the new head coach of the Santa Cruz Warriors. And SF Gate picked up a you know a story in the Mercury News that was published last week where Nicholas Kerr freely admitted that being, uh, you know, a son of a nine-time NBA champion is why he's got the job. And there's so much talk about Nepo babies and nepotism. And and the only thing I can tell you is that I appreciate the honesty. I, I appreciate the uh, acute awareness of how you've been let into the building in the first place. But the nice thing is about sports is nepotism might get you a job, but only results really keep you there. Quote from Nicholas Kerr, I would never have gotten into the NBA without a family connection. I don't blame anyone for saying that I've had privilege. They're right. I had not even a crack in the door. I had the door wide open for me. So I appreciate that awareness. And I'm not surprised that, you know, Steve Kerr's kid is self-aware. I'm not surprised about that at all. Um, it doesn't make hearing it any easier, though. A whole lot of people saying, you know, you don't deserve this job. If you weren't Steve Kerr's kid, you'd never get this job. So he he decided to delete Twitter. He's done. He's blocking out all the noise. Um you know, uh, there, there's a, there's chatter of people inside the organization saying, you know, oh, well, he was the best candidate. He really was. And that's, you know, everyone kissing the Kerr ring. No one's going to come out publicly and say, yeah, he's only here because he's Steve's kid. I wasn't expecting that. The concept of nepotism is as old as humanity. But the term Nepo baby truly entered the lexicon after a vulture story last December detailing all the major nepotism connections in Hollywood. Again, in sports, the nice thing is it's a very much results-oriented business, and you're not going to get many bites at the apple if you aren't very good at this. You know, I can't help but notice, and this this feels like a shot. It really isn't. But remember when uh, what Will Smith's kid, Jada Pinkett Smith's kid, Jaden, was that his name? Like he was cast in a Karate Kid remake, redo well, we haven't really heard from him again, have we? You know, Hollywood will take someone who's got 
movie star looks because his parents were movie stars and they'll let them in the room too. But you don't just get to kick around Hollywood if you don't have any business around the movies that you're in. So I, I would say that, yeah, there's an awful lot of opportunity for the sons and the daughters of the rich and famous. But hopefully in movies and in sports especially, you got to deliver if you're going to be allowed to stick around. So there you go. What, what, is, what is Nicholas Kerr going to turn into? We don't know. We don't know. If he's named the next head coach of the actual Golden State Warriors, he will have either, like they got pictures of, of Lakobs, or, or, or he will have been incredible and won a lot of G League championships, I guess. By the way, when your last name is Kerr, then you name your kid Nick. Nick Kerr? Really, Steve? Like you didn't you didn't see the problem there? Okay. So I guess he's going with Nicholas. We're gonna keep on going with Nicholas. One story nearly broke me this past weekend. Oh, we say goodbye to one of the single greatest San Jose Sharks. Nah, that's not enough. We say goodbye to one of the single greatest hockey players in the history of the NHL, Jonas Donskoy. Oh, well, look, he was never that, but he was one of my favorites. 474 NHL games for the San Jose Sharks, Colorado Avalanche, and Seattle Kraken. Uh, he announced his retirement. Donskoy suffered a concussion in the 2022-23 preseason and did not play in the regular season. So good night, sweet prince. Au revoir, Jonas. One of my favorite drops of all time. Officially, what, retires as well? How often will we get to enjoy and just immerse ourselves in everything that is Dan Rusinowski saying, Ugh. Goodbye. Goodbye, Jonas. It's like a goodbye yellow rose or whatever the good goodbye English rose. Jonas Donskoy, candle in the Donskoy. Oh, I'm going to miss Jonas Donskoy for the rest of my life, and you will too, and so will every... I mean, you might as well just shut down the NHL. Uh, if you're new here, believe me, this makes sense to people who are not new here. If you're new here, welcome, by the way. Go ahead and click like, subscribe, even hit that notify button. You hit that little bell. It even serves me very, very well if you do that. So thank you very, very much. Our last thing we have uh, until we uh, get into Club Plus is congratulations to Sparty. Sparty covered the 31 against USC. Sure, San Jose State lost 56-28, but that's a cover, baby. Way to go, Sparty. And rest in peace to Bob Barker, the greatest game show host of all time. At the age of 99, shuffled off our mortal coil over the weekend. Bob Barker was better at building game show drama than anybody in the history of game shows. He was the most magnificent, funniest, cordial host of all time. He probably did more for animals 
in this country than PETA has just with his have your pets spayed or neutered at the end of the showcase showdown. Drew Carey even, I believe, keeps that you know tradition alive. Drew Carey's such a bad Price is Right host. He remains a bad Price is Right host. But rest in peace, Bob Barker. And I also feel it's very important to let you know that he banged them all, man. Like, dude, Bob, Bob, Bob went through Barker's beauties. Respect, Bob. I guess he also deserves, uh, he deserves one of these. Pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it. That's our man, Bob Barker. Nick J. This is uh, where my my uh, my chat line tapers off. Uh, this is the, the 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 latest thing that I can I can bring up here. Ryan Leaf is the biggest bust ever. Let's keep it a buck. I mean, I don't know. Ryan Leaf had a career as a starter for a minute. Trey Lance hasn't even had that. So we'll find it. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we got to let Trey's career happen before we even know. Before we know. Thanks so much to my sponsors. Thanks so much to you. If you're listening on the podcast, you will hear uh, some mybookie.ag promo today that you haven't heard before. That's because today is the day they officially come aboard as a sponsor. So welcome to them. Welcome back to all of you. Thank you for listening to the podcast or watching on YouTube. Starting September 1st, we are going to also be simulcasting on AMP, which is now available not just for Apple. It's available on Android as well. So no matter the smartphone that you have, download AMP, sign up, and be ready to listen to me there. If you're not by a computer, you got your phone with you you can do it there we can even interact over there in ways that we can't interact over here and we'll be doing special post post game shows uh sh we'll be doing post show post game on amp with some music involved as well some conversation because we're allowed to take calls over there so we got a lot of stuff cooking during the big relaunch that comes september 1st which means we are in the final days week here of stage one of Damon Bruce, content creator. Ugh, I just saying it makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not a broadcaster anymore. I'm a content creator. Breaks my heart. All right. Well, we're going to still be broadcasting to you and with you. And thank you very, very much. Uh... We're just going to bring this up because we're going to start with that, Chef A, and then we're going to scroll to the bottom of the chat and work our way back up. But that's a very good question in which to start a little Club Plus. And so I just want to say thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe button. No matter where you are or who you are, it would do an awful lot of good. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, he's gone.